In this week's show, I'll be also joined by our resident guests, Sean O'Gahalpine and Shane K. Kern later on. Our rookie journalist, Conor McKenna, will also be along to give us a roundup of all the club games this weekend. While later in the show, I'll be joined by a good friend of mine and a fellow I've known for a good while. He recently hung up his boots with uh, Claire, Joe Hayes. There's only one place to start this weekend, and that's the club championship. For me, it's the greatest competition left in the GEA because it lacks that probably corporate element and you're dealing with players that have been developed by clubs and who've grown up together and the result of Rat New and St. Vincent's this weekend just copper fastens that that thought it was probably one of the greatest results in recent times and I don't think you'd see it at inter-county level Sean O what was your taking on uh, on the great win for Rat New? Uh, sure first of all congratulations to him um, I mean Everyone, everyone didn't give me a chance by themselves. I can uh, just listen to me afterwards. Their door and like they seem to be very confident. Like you know, kind of um, they must have been in some other country because like this was David versus Goliath stuff. Like you know, um, and um, it, it's one of these it's one of these magical things why we follow sport or we contest in sport because on any given day on any given day, Doran, you have a chance. And then basically they took their chance and then got on him. You know? um, what did you take of Lowman's victory? I suppose we're, we're Westmead men and um, it was a, I, I find, really fancied them last year to, to take Mullinyakta. I think by all accounts this snatched at the last minute this, yesterday over in Pierce Stadium. Yeah, it was smash and grab um, victory um, during um, Mullinyakta probably controlled the game for a lot. I thought they were a very good team Mullinyakta. Lowman's the, the bench won the game for Lowman's. Kieran Murray was absolutely excellent. Kieran Nynan was excellent off the bench too. It was a real team performance. Um, we're doing about Gary Castle and Shamrock's men dominated Westmead club football for years. Um, Doran, but Lowman's, um, Lowman's, like Gary Castle and Lowman's are the only team to win the last couple since 2012. So it's a really they won it by a point. John Heston was magnificent as usual. Paddy Dowdle was absolutely outstanding. He's a really great footballer, Paddy Dowdle, underrated. He's won ten county titles. It's unheard of between hurling and football. He won captain this club, Clonkill, to another intermediate hurling title in 2008. So I'm sure he'd love to add the Leinster football title to that. I'm going to stick my neck out on the line. I think Lomans are going to win a Leinster club title this year. Yeah, I, I don't so. think I disagree with, disagree with you there. With players like John Heslin on the team, he's a, literally a scoring machine, so he is. And I think, by all accounts, he, when things weren't looking too good yesterday, he dragged them, he dragged them up off the coals. And I, like yourself, uh, Paddy Dowdle, I think, kicked the winner uh, late on uh, in deep and injured time. Uh, Shane, your own club, St. Uh, uh, Bridges, he just came up short over in Tume against a good Curra Finn team. Uh, what was your take on, uh, on their progress? Well, it was tremendous to see. Um, you know, last year we were beaten by 14 points, beaten out the gate, really, um, down in Carrick and Shannon by, by Curra Finn, who were very, very strong and physical last year and just blew us apart. Um, we've been rebuilding steadily under Frankie and, and uh, given uh, <clears throat> a lot of young players um, a championship time. And uh, while we felt going down yesterday, it would be a, it would be a big obstacle for us to climb. Um we certainly went down with hope, and, and I know Frankie put in an awful lot of work into the preparation of the game tactically and technically, and um, that work was borne out, and almost we almost got the full fruits of our labour, really, and it was a really, really terrific game of ball. Uh, as I said, both teams played the game in tremendous spirit. Corfin were excellent. Uh, they probably shaded um, the game, really, in terms of the, they got the better scores. Um, their team play was probably a little bit more efficient than ours and, and more coordinated uh, because they're, they're a more experienced side. But uh, for us, you know, we had a lot, a lot of young players under 20 there yesterday. Uh, we had 10 guys on the bench under under uh, between 18 and, and 20 years of age as well. So 
um, huge, huge step up for us, and then we felt that we we played quite well. Um, went down by five points early in the second half, and, and one would have thought that the game was over, but we came back again with a splendid goal from Carl McEwen. Uh, really, you know, we lament the fact that we missed three very kickable frees in the last two or three minutes to win the game, and, and uh, that really was the turning point. And obviously, um, you know, when you go into extra time, then um, goals in, in extra time uh, are, are a killer. And uh, Cora Finko call on, on an all star, um, Lee McCarthy, full back uh, for, for Galway, uh, Dahi Burke. He came in, he got the killer goal that came down off the post. Um, and we, we never really recovered from that to close the game out. Uh, they didn't score after that, but neither did we. So, um, all in all, uh, I thought a tremendous advert for the game, tremendous advert for club football. Um, gallant losers, but I'd have to compliment and congratulate Currafin, uh on, on the achievement of, of beating us yesterday. And then they're in a kind of final round, they'll be hard beaten, and that's another game again, Castlebar. But, um, yeah, it was uh, hard to take, but look, that is sport. Uh, but at least we can say we're, we're on a, on a an upward development curve with, with our younger players. It was br- some brilliant covered by TG Carr, I have to say, Shane. But I just want to take you up on a point. Like um, the state of the Tomb Stadium for me, uh, it, with all the money the GA has, and they're after building a, a state of the art stadium out in Salt Hill. I don't know the likes of that. Um, maybe I'd like to see what, what your take is it on uh, on the way. I know the the Connacht final is club final is going back there again in a couple of weeks' time. What was your take on the overall t- state of the stadium down there, uh, uh, Shane? And do you think um, it could do with an overhaul? Ah, sure. Stop! It's a shambles. It's a wreck. Um, I'd have to say the people down there are brilliant. The the the, the, um, the you know the, the 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 camaraderie and the hospitality shown to everybody down there was 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 brilliant with tea and sandwiches and the bickies at half time and all that sort of stuff but you know it's it's basically a four bay shed they have as a, as a stand uh, it's up I'd say, since the 60s uh, there's no great creature comforts in it I must add um, and it you know it's the home of football in Galway the pitch itself uh, needs to be redone uh, they need to put down a, a modern day uh, pitch whatever whatever it is or whatever make shape it takes but um, it's very heavy laden uh, it held up well yesterday um, but not not a great spectacle on the television, and, and uh, you know if we're all about promoting the game, you know Chum is the home of football in Galway, and uh, I think it you know it's incumbent really on those that are administrating um, to put some money to it and and bring it up to some sort of a, a standard. I think you know if you had a stand similar to what's in um, Tullamore or could seat maybe three thousand, four thousand people comfortably. Uh, and relaying of the pitch, um, the aesthetics of it uh, would improve. Um, and and, and uh, you know, TG4 did do a great job on it, but uh, doing a great job on the game is grand. But you can't dress up um, the surroundings; uh, they're decrepit, and uh, they need need it needs investment and, and badly because I think we all said actually, you know, it's a great venue to go to. It's a lovely intimate setting, a lovely intimate venue. Uh, great road infrastructure out of it now. Uh, but unfortunately, um, a four-bay hay shed uh, that would probably be more akin to housing cattle uh, as opposed to people um, is all you have there for shelter, and uh, that's not good enough in today's day and age. What was your take on uh, Slot Neil up, up in Ulster, Connor? Uh, for me, it was probably one of the performances of the weekend. Two wides in the whole game. Christy McCaig, Carl McCaig, they were unbelievable. And even though a masterclass in Paddy McBurty with 10 points, it wasn't enough to halt Slot Neil, lads. Yeah, it was a private talk to Kilcar. Um, I thought it was probably... The two teams that met could 
could have potentially been two of the best teams in Ireland this year. I'd say they're definitely two of the top four teams in Ireland this year, two, two teams that played in the final, or the two, two at the weekend. I think Scott Neil will win the All-Ireland this year. I'd say they probably, they didn't, like, they were very unlucky last year not to win it. They were, like, they didn't perform when they played Curve in, in 15. Last year, they performed, losing a man at halftime. They still only lost the game with two points. Croaks played them out of it. Croaks knew what they were doing. Slot Neil were very unlucky not to win it last year. What they've done as a club is unbelievable. If they're a game away from winning back-to-back Ulster trebles, that's just an amazing achievement. I, I think that they could this year. They won't have a Leinster finalist this year. The way it's looking, the Leinster champions will probably be the weakest out of the four, four teams that are going to come through. But Slot Neil, I think they're going to win the All-Ireland Club. I thought they were excellent. I think Kilcar were very good. It was a great game of football. It, was, it wasn't was a real typical Ulster game. I thought it was a very... I think Slot Neil, Chrissy McCaig is very good. Karen McCaig, as you mentioned. It's a really good... Slot Neil team and I fancied him to, to I fancied him to win the final the other game there Calvin Gales and Derry Gonley was a draw after extra time that was probably a slight leader side of the draw with no disrespect to anyone involved but a lot of teams maybe the other side of the draw was far was far tougher with um, Owens and Enders and Kilku and Slot Neil and Kilcar so maybe I think Slot Neil was too much for the, to, in the Ulster and I fancied him to win the All-Ireland uh, tournament yeah, I think um, Slockney were definitely on the right side of the draw, but as you can see yesterday in Leinster, anything can happen, and especially if one team is an off day, but to certainly I think Christopher Badley was also outstanding there for Slockney, I think he kicked one five as well to keep them keep them on the front foot. Um, what, what was your take down in Munster? Good win for both Dr. Crokes and probably Nemo, there's not, not, not too many surprises down there, I think it's not the last we've heard of, uh, especially I think this Dr. Crokes team, uh, they still seem like they're hungry for, for more success. Yeah, there were two very, very one-sided games then. Um. I was expecting more out of both teams, to be honest with you. I thought Adair, the scoreline for Rangers, although Nemo Rangers are a very good team, the Cork football final was good. Just two, it's a great football in Cork. They have the most players in Ireland. They said they're the most underachieving county by a mile in the last couple of years. Um, I think that Nemo, I don't think they're going to be too far off Crooks. I think they give Crooks a great game. They, they all probably thought they were playing, but they call him Cooper scoring nine points, and he's, just, he's never going to go away. Like so. It's a good place, Crooks, to win it, but Nemo will give them a right good game. Um, again, to be honest with you, Nemo, Crooks, Slotty, and Kilcarra could have been considered probably four of the best teams in Ireland I think Connacht and Leinster probably this year would have been eliminated isn't probably as strong as previous years and Vincent, um, the Munster though Croke Nick Nemo Rangers won all Ireland before they win them again like their, the core football is, isn't bad at all so I think Croke will probably win that game by a couple of points by a point or two in the final so it looks it could be four it's going to be a crack in some championship storm. Connor thanks very much for joining us on the Super 8's podcast this week and hopefully we'll be back on in the next couple of weeks to round up a few more games for us no problem at all Doran. I suppose the other big news on GA over the weekend was the from the international rules down in the Adelaide Oval Ireland losing out 63 points to 53 even though brilliant showings by Conor McManus and Michael Murphy wasn't enough to get them uh, closer than 10 points Sean Og, um, what was your take on the international rules game? Uh, I saw the game myself I didn't see it live no but I saw a recording of it um, I, I, I suppose really Dorn I know they lost the first but it's kind of really halfway like at, at half time so to speak do you know what I mean with the next test in, uh, uh, in Perth um, they gave themselves a bit of a chance being 10 points like there's a 10 point deficit which is not insurmountable do you know what I mean but for me like there would be danger signs that if they don't kind of sharpen up in front of the goal especially especially the normal Gaelic football point do you know what I mean kind of if they're not getting that, uh, I suppose the biggest indictment to me now, Doran, is the Australian scoring the same amount of goals. Do you know what I mean? Like as 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 Ireland, like you know, kind of um, because that's not that's not in nature with their game. It would be with our game. The heat is a factor, and it's going to be a factor next week. 
and it'll always suit the Australians because the Australians are kind of more adapted. A few standouts, as you said, on the Ireland side, Conor McMahon is side, take a bow. Fantastic, man. Um, Christ, he got some points there, man. Michael Murphy put in a great shift as well. They need they need more spread of scores the next day because if they're relying on Conor McManus and Michael Murphy to you know, pull out the next day, I'm not saying they won't. And the tactic board all of this week will be geared towards limiting Conor McManus and Michael Murphy. So other guys need to step up. I've seen Paul again to take a fr- shot in front of goal and I don't think I don't think he ever missed a, a free by as much. Is the is the, the ball that they use is a, is it lighter than the ball in, in Gaelic? Because I've never actually handled one of them international rules balls. Or is it, it would be, you know, it's lighter and uh, it's lighter and smaller. I wouldn't say it's a size four ball, no, but it's like kind of it is smaller than your normal de mill O'Neill's. You know, so it takes a bit of getting used to. So I write. Well, I know the one you're on about, Paul Ganey. Like yeah, Paul Ganey, kind of. I've seen him kick with both, with both, you know, with both feet. But that was the one he shanked it off his left foot. Like yeah, kinda, yeah, yeah. Like kind of. Here's an interesting thing, man. You know what the Aussies did that I that I. I know they do it in the Aussie Rules game, but like, and I want to, I want to link it in with Shane Curran. Like, like Shane, I remember you years ago. You were, you were coming out, soloing the ball up to the field, like, and people were giving out to you, like, and then basically you had the Aussie goalkeeper yesterday, Brendan Garda. He gave an exhibition. Do you know what I mean? Playing off his line. It was like he was playing plus one. He was just he was just ready in the event. He was just assuming that there was going to be a break, and then he was out there, and then basically what he was doing was he was coming out. Comfortable, like kind of carrying the ball out and then basically creating an overlap or just finding a good kick within 30 metres. And then he was very quick to come off his line there, made a great tackle there, I think was in Conor McManus. Kind of, it was a, like free to Australia. Paul Ganey, another chance, like kind of, he came out, made a block. I, I thought he gave a great exhibition, you know. Yeah, well, that's, uh, he actually emailed me there looking for some YouTube videos uh, and, and DVDs about the play as a fly keeper. Brendan Goddard. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, in fairness, though, you know he did play very well, and and in that game you, you have to be very adept at reading it, and and the goalkeeper really in in as Sean Oaks is usually usually important that he can come out and be the fly and and create that extra man, uh, but he he you know in a game that has no goalkeepers obviously he acquitted himself exceptionally well, um, and it's an area where you would think Ireland should have a major advantage, but unfortunately it, it didn't uh, look that way yesterday. But I think this 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 um, particular uh, experiment is is dying a, a slow uh, death, and and it's 33 years in the, on the go now, and I think I think it's time someone pulled the cord and just called a halt to it. I think it's it's gone into a a meaningless um, affair. It's a jolly now down under for a few. Um, the players, I'm sure, take it relatively serious because it's an opportunity to wear the green of Ireland and, and get, get on a plane and get down to the, the other side of the world and maybe meet friends and have a few jars and play a couple of games and uh, go off and enjoy yourself after that. But the interest level in it now is is completely gone. I think those 25,000 people in, in, in the arena... Uh, on Sunday morning, and and um, I think initially when it, when when this started back in the, in the good old Haiti days, when they had a couple of good boxing matches uh, in the middle of the park, and and you could not only see a football match but a boxing match, there was sixty five or seventy thousand. So it's it, the the interest in it is gone. I think the GEA have to really look at at ways now of promoting our game uh, internationally, possibly, but by uh, playing uh, teams from from different countries. Uh, uh, maybe an international seven aside or whatever it may be, um, to try and generate interest because this particular exercise is is uh, 
is, is failing. And I don't think it's doing anything for, for either sets of players uh, or either organisation either. As a game, it is no no uh, function really at all. Um, I do take on board, you know, um, McMack and, and, and um, what do you call McManus and, and Michael were, were, were outstanding. Um, had great games. Um, but, you know, who who cares really? If the money was put into <laughs> rehousing, uh, redoing Tune Stadium, as opposed to what's going on there, I think it would be much better. And to be fair, and even, even promoting the game um, around the, the clubs and, and all that sort of stuff. I think going forward, anyhow, uh, if you look towards the way the new structures are, are going to be set, I think Kerry have even broken with tradition now. Uh, their club championship is not going to start until next September, which is a first for them. So it means there's far, going to be far more players playing from September to the back end of the year uh, because of the Super 8s and because of the new structures to the championship uh, than ever before. So, uh, you know, Dublin not sending any player as well cheapens the whole aspect of, of uh, the thing. I think it's a, that would be akin to, um, you know, Manchester United, I suppose, or, or a, um, a Manchester City uh Super 11 going without and sending their B team and and um, you know more more promotion into uh, our club game I think and up, upgrading the standards of pitches uh, for ladies and for men uh, would be much money money much better spent I think. Last time I saw this week's guest, we were catching a 6:30 a.m. flight off the Aran Islands. He was heading for kick and practice inside Nennis, and I was heading for a club game down in Mullingar. Great pleasure to welcome onto the show uh, recently retired Joe Hayes and all-round proud uh, Lissy Casey man. How are you doing, Joe? Welcome to the show. Not, not so bad, no, Dorn. Yeah, geez, that. Uh that boat trip, I say, we were a lot healthier than the boys coming home a few hours after us anyway. So, in- injury forced you ret- to retire from clear football during the week? Ah, uh, listen, I suppose it's, it's serious enough to that I uh, finished playing football, I suppose. Um, I got a hip operation in 2013 and really all that did was buy me a bit of time and just over the last 12 months there, it has just flared up again big time and I suppose, listen, the physios really kept me on the field to be honest and just in the last couple of weeks there, it's getting worse and worse and... Um, I just felt I couldn't keep going, and I, you know, I, I'm not really worried about myself, but I just feel I, cu- I couldn't perform for Clare, and I just thought it was better off maybe stepping aside and putting someone in that could perform, I suppose, and could be at 100%, you know? Yeah, yeah, I suppose you've famously, you've 12 years, uh, or, sorry, you've been there since 2001 with Clare, and you've seen a lot of highs and a lot of lows, and you're, are you leaving Clare in, in a good place? Ah, yeah, listen, it's, it's, in, a, it's in a better place, um, even just in the last three or four years, you know, jumping two leagues, leagues from four up to two, I suppose, a couple of runs in the championship, like, you know, for a couple of years there, it was two championship games, the Munster Championship and the first round of the qualifiers, you know, and that was it, and just in the last couple of years there, going on a, a couple of spins, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely in a better place, and I, I definitely think the potential there is to keep moving and keep pushing up that ladder a small bit, bit by bit, you know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, you, you famously said that you you, you went to went to Dunleigh with just twenty players on on the bus one day to play a qualifier game. Must have been very hard to keep going in them kind of days. Ah, uh, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. We went to 20, 20 players down, and we brought on four subs, and I was the poor soul that was left on the bench for the whole game. But sure, listen, I I got over that anyway. I suppose. Um, yeah, listen, that was they were tough times, and like you know. A manager can only ask so many players. Like you know, he asked a good few players to come in after the Munster Championship that year, and they wouldn't come in. And that that was the bones of it. Going up to Donegal with, with 20 players to play a, an All Ireland qualifier game, like and a game we could have actually won in the end with the goal disallowed. And that's where we were at that time, I suppose. That's the level we were playing at. Yeah, I suppose Colin Collins is probably the main man behind your recent revival. Is it just him, or has there been kind of like across the board um, application by a lot of people? 
I say, listen, I'd have to give him the most of the credit, I suppose. Listen, he obviously didn't do it on his own, but Joe Cullen was, uh, had a lot of underage done with Clare with minors and 21s. And, like, I won't name the player that said it to me now, but one player famously said to me, he goes, I'm not playing for Clare, I'm playing for Cullen Collins. And that's the, that's, that's the respect he had uh, among a serious group of players. And he definitely got the best players for, for Clare, playing for Clare, you know, and... I suppose it helps when you got your best players out on the pitch and the be- your best players on the panel backing up the players out on the pitch. It definitely helped, you know, and I- I'd have to give him a lot of credit to the upshoots and fortunes. Yeah, I suppose Shane, just take him up on that there. We've, we're, we're lucky enough with two great goalkeepers on the show this week. Shane, I'm sorry, you would have seen some um, hard days, I suppose, with Russ Common and, and with other clubs on the way. How would you keep going in them, in them times? Well, I, look, I think as Joe says there, you know, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of things you just have to keep, you have to keep pushing yourself to be the best you can be yourself and, and continue along along a path and you hope then that maybe things will change for you. I know, look, in Roscommon, there in the 90s, we were soldier and there, uh, like Joe, down in Division 4 and Division 3 and, and you could count the people in the in the, in the the sheds and the stands and uh, I think Joe, Joe famously said that, I think he, he went to one game and there was 12 out of and six were his friends or seven were his friends so he's obviously a very popular fellow as well, he was as well. I said I, I said two were my friends oh, two was it two, two two I don't have I don't have more I don't have six friends don't worry <laughs> <laughs> but I think certain counties you know that, that are in the backwaters and, and look we're no different here in Roscommon either the, we'll say the marginalised counties it's very very difficult and you know, you have to get lucky then that you get maybe you get a manager that'll come along and he'll bind things together and he'll bring people together. And I think that's obviously a skill that Colin Collins has. And, and uh, I think, you know, there was one game where, where he brought Joe on, I think, for, for Pierce Delockery uh, in Crow Park, if that may be right, in the last 10 or 12 minutes of a game, just to give him game time in Crow Park. And you can see that sort of kind of affectionate type of a manager who, who, has, who has a great rhythm with his players and who has great respect for his players. Um, we'll bind the group together and you know Clare over the last number of years um, they're, they're usually now respected in football terms they're playing in Division 2 I think Roscommon will have them this year as a matter of fact uh, if I'm right am I right there in that yeah, yeah that's that's correct yeah yeah, you're right in that that's you know I mean that shows that you know with a good manager um, you have got a chance and to be fair Clare have got an, an added issue then as well I suppose and maybe Joe can come in on this. The, the, the hurling is, is obviously the most traditional game played there. County board resources are, are probably poured into, into that and, and the footballers are, are left maybe you know with, with, with the crumbs. Um, but if you can get a manager that comes in and, and has the respect of the players and gets spectators on board as well, uh, gets the general public on board and the football public on board uh, and you create goodwill, uh, you know, you, you can get things done and, and you know, just some, some really smashing talent in Clare and, and I suppose it's a credit to all the lads that stick with it uh, through the hard times, you know, and uh, as, as Joe said there, he's played 12, 15 years for Clare, not all good and, and um, you know, to come back from an injury as well is very difficult and uh, I just want to ask you, Joe, maybe on that injury, recently there, um, the, the, the Arsenal player Santi Cazorla, he got a, he had an injury in his an, ankle and Achilles, but it wasn't actual injury. It was the, the the fact that the wound didn't heal? Was that something that happened to yourself, or was it was it was it? Uh, no, no, my it was just it was just Shane, I suppose. Um, listen, I suppose when when I woke up from the operation, the surgeon actually said to me, he said, "Listen, he says there was a lot of damage done there." He says. Um, 
you're, you're not going to get too long out of this, he said. And that's exactly what he said to me. He says, listen, you're not going to run a marathon or anything. And I said, well, I hadn't planned on it anyway, to be honest. But <laughs> yeah. he, you know, he just said, listen, you're, you, I don't think you'll get too long more playing football. That's exactly what he said to me. And I said, okay. right. And Anton Elston, if I, however I get long, however long I get, is going to be a bonus. And like, you know, I, I missed the whole of league of 2014 and you just touched on it there. I, I got back on the bench for the last league game against Antrim today. We got promoted. And then Colin gave me a few minutes in, in the final against uh, Tiff, which was, you know, it was massive for me because I'd never played in Crow Park and I kind of said, geez, I might never play, get a chance to play there again. And thank God I forced myself back in for championship. But it just, I suppose I got three more years out of it, Shane. I was lucky and it just yeah. eventually all caught up with me again. And listen, I could have been ignorant and, and tried to go again, like, and I just felt... As I said, I didn't really mind about myself. Like I, I have to get a hip replacement anyway. Sooner, just a matter of when. And but I said, if I'm inside in goals, not at a hundred percent in Division Two, where you have to be at a hundred percent, costing the team, John. You know, maybe if I couldn't, I couldn't get to a ball because I was too slow, or I couldn't, John. You know. And I said, yeah. that's 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 not just. It's not good enough for a team. And that's the that's the way. I, that's the way. That's that's what my decision was based on. Like you know, if I if I really felt I could go again, I probably would have went. But just it wasn't to be. Like you know. Well, if you can't if you can't train, then Joe, you don't have the confidence either. You don't, you know, you're missing training or you're you're not giving it a hundred percent. That transpire, well, transfers onto the pitch as well. You you just don't, particularly in in, our, in in the goalkeeping position, you need to be, you know, you need to be really confident that you've gone, you've done the work, and and that you can bring it to the pitch. And I suppose if you have if you're working through niggly injuries or trying to train through injuries, it, you can't really do it or perform it. At your, yeah, it's probably the one position. It's probably the one position you can't adapt training. Like you know, Colin was saying, listen, we'll adapt your training. You know, you can miss a few sessions here and there. And I was kind of saying, but you can't. Like I can't train on a Wednesday and miss Friday before National League game on a Sunday because Friday's the night you want to go through things with your backs, work on kickouts, the whole lot. So then I said, well, you can't miss Wednesday and train Friday because Wednesday's night you want to be going flat out, sharpening up, getting loads of shots. Do you know? So yeah. I just said, it's the one position you can't. If Maybe if you were forward and you were carrying something, you could maybe miss once every third session or something. But I just felt in goals, it's the position you can't. So that, that was um, a non-runner as well then. Just in terms maybe the training, maybe for, for our listeners, you're there as well. I'm sure maybe, you know, you're, you're a good bit younger than me, but I would have played maybe from uh, in, in the late 90s, early, early 90s. And I was responsible for, for all my own um goalkeeping work and technique and, and coaching and all that sort of stuff and, and the two or three goalkeepers we would have had in with Roscommon. I was fortunate enough, I was playing League of Ireland. I had good soccer coaches that had come in and do work with you so you could transfer that to the Gaelic pitch. But the, 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 uh, over the last number of years, really, the, the goalkeeping coaches probably only come in maybe to, to counties. You probably worked for a number of years without a, go, go, a goalkeeping coach in Clare. Uh, do you think if you had one maybe earlier and you could prepare your body maybe a little bit differently that it could have negated some of the injuries that you picked up? Uh, possibly, yeah. Possibly. Say we've had a full-time goalkeeper coach now under Cullum. Uh, James Hannon yeah. would have been it. He, he, he was in goals from Clare 1 in 92. Before that then, you would maybe have someone coming in the odd time, like Declan O'Keefe now, who's now your own goalkeeping coach up in Roscommon. Yeah. Might have come in once a month, maybe once every six weeks. Uh, Barry Ryan there played soccer for... Limerick FC and I think he was up with St. Pat's was he for a few years yeah he um he would have he came in in 2009 maybe once every two weeks as well but definitely like I I got a hip operation on my right side and the first thing James said to me in 2000 and 
when he first came in in 2014 on my way back training now he didn't know whether it was my hip or was that just the way I was I was very poor dive on my right side and I was probably that all my life like and I just didn't realise it I suppose because I was getting no coaching and I was just yeah. trying to do all my own uh, listen uh, I don't know I could have you don't. You just don't know if it could have brought it. Could have prolonged my career. I don't know. But, um, you know, it's not like I'm young for leader. Like I'm 35, I suppose. So there wasn't much. There wasn't much left in the legs anyway. So because you're only a costume, Joe. Will you stop? You're only a costume. Yeah, but you're in Dorn. Dorn retired there, 21 or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, media was calling Joe. me. Huh? <laughs> uh, Joe, Shano, Shano, here, right? You know, um, um, goalkeepers fascinate me, right? Okay, uh, for the simple reason, for the simple reason, I couldn't, I, I, I wouldn't have the Leroy to play on goal, right? Uh, and then my my good old friend and former teammate, Don Oak, he'll always, uh, uh, he'll always say it to us, he says, yeah, everyone wants to play on goal except the day of a championship game, right? Can I? Yeah. How how did you end up on goals? Was it, was it, was it? Was it <laughs> I, I'll tell you this question, now. Do you know what, is it because you wanted to do it, or was it because you uh, saw someone? No, I'll tell you exactly how I ended up. No, like my my father would have played in goals for Clare. I don't know. He only very short term. He didn't play right. football after twenty five. I think he's two knees. He had to get two operations, and back then I suppose surgery wasn't the level it is now. But any, but that wasn't the real reason. I was playing Connor back in the school team, right? I don't know. Right. The Connor forward was obviously slow as a boat, I knew that I was inside Connor back on top of him. But a, a high ball came in, and I just jumped up and caught it. And the, the t- teacher or the principal at the time came over to me after the game. And this, that was the semi final now. And we got into yeah. the final, and he just goes, You have a great pair of hands, you're going to go to the final. And that was it. There was no. <laughs> I, I just said, Grand Show, what is the going to That's how Joe ended up on goal. Yeah, exactly, I'm, I'm exactly how I ended up on goal. Yeah, I'm fascinated no, that, that psychology how people end up on goal. What about you, Shane? How did you end up on goal, or did you? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, uh, my, my story is a bit different now. I was always a goalkeeper in soccer, so I played I played League of Ireland soccer long before I actually played um, inter-county uh, goalkeeping. Uh, all okay. my former, former reviewers were, were um, outfield. I played in at centre-forward and full-forward for club and county um, for a number of years, but I got so fed up, I've been boxed and kicked and poked and everything else that goes on um, by cornerbacks and fullbacks. And um, I was getting into a lot of hassle, Sean Og, as well, because I was retaliating and uh, one fellow ended up with a rather sore nose after me. And uh, <laughs> I, I had a sore back and a sore head and a sore jaw. So um, I made the decision kind of myself to, to go back and start playing in goal with the Gaelic. It was uh, more favourable for me uh, than getting boxed or BR boxing. So uh, at least in goal, you, were, you, could, you could nail a fella fairly legitimately and, and uh, <laughs> get caught yeah. or found out for it, you know. You get the benefit of the doubt nine times out of ten. Yeah, yeah. We were a protected species in some ways, uh, particularly in, in, in football, anyhow. And, um, and then, Joe, another question I have here. If you were to do it all over again, what would you do differently? I probably would have dropped that ball, Sean Oak. I know, I know. Listen, listen. I, 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 as I said during the week there, I, I have plenty of regrets on the field, you know, of... Things I you know, made a mistake that might have been costly or plenty of regrets in relation to as a team where we went to sleep or coughed up games handy. But I've no regrets about playing in goals. Or I've no regrets about ever pulling on the jersey, I suppose. But um, 
that that was it, Joe. Once I got in there, then I kind of just that was it. It took off from there, and I ended up the club. I Joe under twelve, I'd one or two games out the field, all right. But next thing, it was just in goals and in goals all the way up, and that was it. And Joe, just grand. I suppose my lack of pace would have went against me out the field as well, either as well. Like so, I probably I would have had no choice in there. Just on that, Sean Ogre, uh, my only time playing hurling in secondary school, I remember the teacher lined us all up. <laughs> no, it wasn't in goal. No, I remember the teacher. Okay, <laughs> the teacher lined us all up in a line, and the first six lads across the hundred meters were the forwards, and the next six were the backs, and okay. <laughs> and they're, they're looking for two, a couple of midfielders to fill in, and then everybody else is on the, the, the line. I ended up playing cornerback, and I got a merciful scutch, and so I never picked up the hurl again <laughs> after that. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was the end of my short career and hurling. Hurling lost out, man. Hurling lost out. <laughs> no, big not. time, big time. Uh, you, you were lucky. <laughs> Joe, just picking up a point, a point there to Shane Max. I suppose, clear from a perception point of view, would be seen as a traditional hurling, hurling county. Would you seen you, feel you got a, a fair end of the stick with county board, or do you think you got the credit probably you deserve? Uh, I, I've definitely seen a change the last couple of years, Thorn. Um, you know, there was times there, it was frustrating, I won't lie, um, you know, in relation to, I, you know, I was never really worried about gear or anything like that, that didn't bother me, it was, I suppose, facilities, you know, we were probably shoved into the worst fields you could ever shove any team into, but definitely in the last couple of years, I can't say we've never been found wanting for anything like, you know, uh, training top facilities, whether it is inside New England, the 3G pitch, or the 4G pitch, whatever it's called, or whether it was in Carlone or Centre of Excellence, or whether it was in Milltown under lights, or whatever, um, plenty of gear, you know, two physios, sometimes three, ice, ba- whatever, you, you know, it was there, like, so, yeah, I would have seen times tough when we were a, couple, a good couple of years ago, but definitely in the last four years, I suppose, they've, they've definitely rode in behind us, and whatever we want kind of came, like, you know. Would you put that down, Joe, to the to the relationship maybe the manager has with the county board, or um, are there there other external factors? Um, you know, I, I think the manager of a football team, you know, he has so many jobs to do, but one of them is is probably all that kind of background work that needs to be done at county board level to ensure that players have the best foundation to try and be successful. At. I won't ask Sean about uh, county boards and and. and <laughs> <Berlin>. <laughs> He's gone through. But I have a great relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I listen. Yeah, Colum, Colum, Colum definitely would have tightened it up there when he went in. But he's some very good fellas with him as well. Like with a, another fella there, selector David O'Brien. He would have been over the ladies there when they won back in. I'm not sure the year, maybe '08 or '09. They won one of the, the immediate All Ireland. But John, you know, he was super. He was in charge of all the gear and everything. John, you know, we didn't have to worry about it it was just done for us you know uh, yeah. we could just concentrate on the football so he had a very good team around him as well but yeah I said when he went in uh, he just sat down with the board and said listen for this to go forward this is the way it has to be and thank god they listened to him you know because they could have easily not but they did listen to him so it worked out well and, and in terms of the chairperson down there then is, this, is it the one chairperson that looks after the, the both, the, both, both codes yeah it is one, one unit one unit same, same chairman same secretary a couple of out of the crew back in West Clare, right, we're trying to get a football board going. It just never took off. Okay. Um, you know, I don't know why or I never got involved in the politics of that side kind of things, all right, but listen, it's working okay at, at the moment. So and long is there a supporters club? Do you have a supporters club, Joe? Uh, we do. We do. There, there is. There's a clear supporters club for hurling and football. Um, 
I suppose okay. the football one really the football one really only started under Collins, to be honest. And um Joe in fairness get serious backing off them. And no, we do a bit if we do a bit of fundraising to be done or if players need to go somewhere to do something, we we obviously row in and do it because at the end of the day it's for us as well and it's to make life easier on us. So if we can help out any bit we can, you know, selling poker tickets and going to the poker classic and turning up and sporting it, that kind of stuff, we, we'll row in and do all that. But uh, you know, it's great, like it is it is great and it's important. And I suppose most counties have their own sports club now at this stage. I'd be surprised if any of them didn't. Yeah. Can I go back to maybe uh, the football side of things, Joe? There, do you intend um, playing playing on club football, or are you are you finished in, in entirely? Uh, I don't know, Shane. I, I spoke with the club manager. I spoke with one or two of the club players. Uh, the way I left it at the moment is um, for them to belt away there in the pre-season, and I might I revisit it in February. See, my problem is, Shane. I'm not living in this case anymore. Though I'm not, Joe. I'm not living five minutes from the field. I'm living in yeah. Tumivara and it's a nice spin and the car is fairly hard on the hip and Joe, if I have something to offer me next February or March, if I have something to offer and uh, I suppose they look for me, I'll consider going back. If they don't, I'll just be happy to just be a supporter. You know, I have a fair old club career put by, by me as well. Unfortunately, only one county championship, but Joe, I have no regrets there either. But uh, I'll see. I see. I suppose there's no point talking about it. No, I like, you know you'd like to play forever, I suppose, but sure, it comes to an end for everyone at some stage. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, Shane, you probably famously took back out your boots out of retirement. I don't think you played against us in 011 when we bet Bridges in the semi-final, but you came back out to probably to your greatest moment in sporting career to win an All-Ireland title with Bridges. Yeah, well, I, I, I never really retired, but like Joe there, I, I just put my back. <laughs> and I, I quietly slipped away from it, and I had an operation on my back in 10, uh, a disc out in it, and, and one, one fused, and I'd come back actually in for that season in 11, and had been going quite well, and training quite well, and um, when Kevin came in then after that defeat, uh, he, he asked me, would I, would I, would I consider giving it, giving it another shot? Uh, I ended up playing four more years. Actually, I ended up uh, playing. I've been playing until 2015, so I retired at 44. But um, I was just fortunate enough, really, that I didn't have any weight on. I was in relatively good shape. The back was 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 mended, and I wanted to play it then. To be honest about it, and and uh, I also look at we we were fortunate enough to have a very good team um, that got got in Kevin McStay and Liam and and Lee McHale and. Because we we got to the top of the three and and we were fortunate enough to do that and uh, I played on them for another two years and and waited for for the young lad to come along Shane Mannion who played yesterday and doing very well um, and then just just eased out and and got out but um, look at the, it's great I think it's a very rewarding position I'm sure Joel says well in in so many ways um, can be lonely enough at times but it, it's rewarding as well uh, in terms of you know I think certainly the game has changed there's more. Uh, Onus now on the goalkeeper to be a footballer. Uh, we spoke spoke about Goddard with, with yeah, definitely. Yeah. On. So um, and over time, I think the game will evolve even further. That the goalkeeper will become even more and more important. And um, look, uh, it's it's, uh, it's it's great to have have long careers. I mean, you know, it's the enjoyment you get out of it. I think, and Joel will agree there. It's the meet. It's the people you meet. It's, and he said, you know, about winning one county middle uh, at thirty five. I had none. Uh, and I'd only yeah. won a trophy, and I ended up with six in the end. So um, I was very, very fortunate to be on a good side. But that one, that one would have been as important to me as any of the rest of them, because at least you have something. But it's not about the winning. I, I think it's always about 
you know, the people you meet along the way, uh, your friends you have for, for life and the coaches and managers that you had that uh, have, have uh, an input into how you, how you do things in life and, and, and that's, that's nearly as important as the game. Joe, I don't think, I think one of your teammates described you as a poster boy for uh, boot cut jeans and, uh, and Wrangler shirts, so I don't think you're ever going to be in it for, in, in it for the gear. <laughs> no, 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 I can't. I haven't, I haven't taken the skinny jeans yet. Uh, are the skinny tracks the bottoms you're, you're no jeez like, they're they're disaster and I, I was bad enough to tie fitting jerseys I had to lose a load of weight to get into them and now next thing the skinny tracks it comes out it's a joke <laughs> I remember when the skinny tracks came out first that we were ordering for Westmead Desi Dolan and Gary Connerton refused to wear them so we had to get the, the old school numbers for them and in fairness to Collins in fairness to Collins when he was putting out a text for the gear uh but every year all the skinnies came in. The skinny tracks had only kind of came in two, for us in here two, three years ago, two years ago, whatever. And all your sizes. And then at the end he goes, uh, in relation to tracksuit, skinny or normal. And like that now, myself, Gordon, Kelly, and, and Gordon and, and the cocktail now have no weight whatsoever, but they were just old school, went uh, normal. But then in the cocktail bit the bullet in the following year, he went skinny and he said he's going with the young fellas, he said. So to just to just myself and Gordon, to just myself and Gordon left for to normal. <laughs> you really show us what, what sort of fellas are in the dressing room when you go around and see what kind of tracks of arms they're wearing. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's it. Joe, on a more serious note, I suppose back in 2012, you were involved in a very serious incident where you put your life on the line to save a young girl in the Shannon. Can you talk to us more about that? Um, yeah, I suppose. Listen, yeah, listen. I just. Henry Guard Station is right beside the river, I suppose, and we were actually coming into work. Uh, it was a lovely morning, summer's morning, and we were coming in. I suppose we were a few minutes late, but it turned out it was the best few minutes late we ever were because if we were in time, we would have been up in the office. But two of the boys were up in the office, and one of them rode out the window. He was looking down, and he said, Listen, quick, get out to the river there. There's a girl going to go in. So, half still asleep now, ran across the road, and there was a girl at the ladder there. So, <laughs> I'll tell you the story now, and this effect. Uh, one of the boys got talking to her, and then Dermot Murphy, who was a buddy of mine who was working with me, started going down to, I thought he was taking off his boots, and I said, jeez, I better give Murphy a hand here now. So I just next thing took off my boots, and I had shorts underneath my uniform, so I took off the shorts, and I was just there in the shorts and t-shirt, and I looked up at Murphy, and Murphy was still fully clothed, and I, I, I said to him after, like I said, I thought you were taking off your boots, he goes, no, I was tying my lace in case I tripped, he said. So I kind of, by, by default, I ended up, so I, we didn't, I honestly God, I didn't think she'd go in, I, I, I didn't think, so I actually just went in now, I won't, it wasn't, I wasn't a big yeah. hero with a David Hasselhoff diver into now, it was just, I, I'd be strong swimmer and I'd have all the life saving done down through the years and it was just going and kind of pull her out and, and that was it, just kind of, I think it got more attention than normal because it was three days before we played Limerick in the Munster semi-final and it kind of got blown up that way, but that, it was part of my job as well, like, you know. Yeah, so was that at the main bridge in Limerick when you? Yeah, the main one, the main one there, shown up with the roundabout, over, like to the uh, yeah. Gaelic ground. Towards yeah. the Gaelic ground, yeah, 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 that one there, yeah. I think you've been you've been very humble there. Corrents would be I mean, fairly strong enough, yeah. They uh, uh, not strong, strong enough corrents there, wouldn't it? No, nah, they would, but it wasn't really bad that morning. Now I'll be honest. The high tide. No, it was high enough. Yeah, it was high enough. But it was a calm morning. What, what, what was in favour? It was a very calm morning. I suppose it was middle of summer, like and sun was splitting the rocks at that time. It was great. So it could have been a lot worse if it was a couple of months down the line and it was raining. Yeah, definitely. As the lad said, I think you're being. Br- you're, you're definitely been- yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I don't think I think that girl is very lucky. I don't think if you were if, if you were like you should have been early for work, but I don't think you were ever early for work in your life. <laughs> <laughs> she would have been. She, oh, she, she oh. would have been a problem. What, oh, Joe? Um, Fifteen minutes late. We're ever anyway. <laughs> Joe, Shane, and Shane is, uh, and Sean are probably on opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to this international rules. You were, I think, you were under a few men up at half five in the morning. What, what was your take? I got up. I got up. Yeah. Well, when I got up, now I say I woke up. I was TV in the room, so I had it on. Uh, to be honest. If Gary wasn't involved, I probably would have just recorded it, you know, but I, I got up and watched it. Um, do you know, it was disappointing. It was a disappointing result, I suppose. Um, do you know, I would have played compromise rules under under 17 back in 99. It was a, back then, they used to have an under-17 team, and it only lasted a couple of years. So I'd have a small bit of knowledge about it, but I was... Was Ty was, was set up, was he? Was, was Ty oh. set up? No, I was, no, he, was no they would have been the year before. No, he was yeah. older, but they never. I was. The, we were the first under seventeen team. He would have been older. He he just got picked. I don't know. Did he just get picked out of playing minor for Kerry or whatever? Um, did you go over? Did the Aussies come? Did the Aussies? We come? went over. We went over, Sean Og, But Eamon Collins, that would have heard with you eventually, senior. Do you remember Eamon Collins? I do indeed. I, I know. They, I yeah. did hurl him he, with him. Yeah, from Valley Road. He, he was that? our. He was our captain. He was our captain. And Conrad Murphy, who would you play? I say he played in the most finals. Yeah, yeah, Clannacilty. Yeah, they, they were the Cork lads. I can't. Um, but uh, it was and innocent. Remember the Australian guys? Do you remember any of the Australian guys that kind of that you could have only, only one I remember was the captain because he was about eighteen foot tall, and he actually <laughs> played with Colin. He played with Collingwood the year after he got drafted to Collingwood in his, when he was young. Oh, Josh Fraser. Josh, Josh Fraser. Fraser. You have it. He, but he well he had here back then but he kind of balled it as the as his career went down Josh Fraser yeah yeah you're right but He's about he never became years. a house he never became a household name or anything over there I don't think did he he would have played he, I suppose but he never became the main man on, or one of the top earners or anything I'm not sure no I might be wrong no you're right you're right he was a rock guy right so he was he yeah. was in for the centre you know the centre bounces uh, the tap downs um he, I, I, I think he got traded in the end to someone else. Like, you know, but you're right. He probably had a good four, or five years. But after that, he never had a, uh, he never had a long career at it. But uh, okay, well, he, he was, he was a monster. He was massive. He was massive, and he was inside full forward. And we had about sixteen men on him trying to deal with him, and we couldn't. Like it was just. We got a fair trimming down there now, to be honest. Did, did yeah. to give her, to give ourselves a chance next week, Joe. If they can bang the ball into Murphy and McManus, I thought they were the only two really that could come out. And yeah. I'm just not criticising anyone. Obviously, there was a bug going around. Obviously, the heat, maybe a few still jet lagged. I don't know. I just thought the two boys were on fire inside. And, like, you could see, you saw the tactic the Aussies were playing. They were, they were playing, the defenders were pushed right up. They weren't even marking them. So, that Ireland have to move the ball very fast. And I was impressed, actually, with the pace of the Aussies. And I was actually impressed with their football skills. Usually their football skills are miles off for the first game, but I actually thought they weren't too bad. Um, I still think we can make up the deficit. I still think there's goals in Ireland, especially if Australia play the same way again, and a couple of goals, and I think we'll be there thereabouts again. Yeah. Who 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 do you reckon needs to stand up next week? Uh, I, I suppose the boys around the middle of the field, like you know, you know, Gary didn't seem to get much game time more so than he didn't get on the ball I was trying I was finding it hard to find him on the screen oh, he was so I, I don't know did he get much like game time um, he seemed to be more centre back position like in um, yeah I just when he didn't start I was kind of wondering was he one of the boys down with the bug I don't know um, 
you know, I think they, they started very well under kickouts, and then Australia kind of got. You know, it's, a, it's a strange rule to kick out that it has to go forty-five meters. You have to really. You know, it's going, nearly every kickout is really going to be contested unless you can, unless you can create unbelievable space and bang it into right into the spotlight. But most of them are going to be contested. Just need to get in, get in around the breaks a bit more and get the ball into the. That's wide one break. thing the Aussies are very good at. Like they can get numbers around the ball, like and they work like a diamond, diamond, uh, like it's like a diamond formation. Like you'd have a guy north, south, east, or west of the ball carrier, and they just yeah, they did, um, they get in at the right times and they're just. And they're trying to well, like. but you're right. Like, I, like, I, 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 I was impressed, especially in their third quarter, their running capacity. Like, you know, they're Jesus. They were, um, uh, they looked, they looked, they looked to break the lines at will. Do you know what I mean? Kind of. Yeah. Uh, uh, the one thing that did spook the Aussies, though, like that, uh, Ireland didn't. What you call it? Uh, instead of Ireland pushing up on him like Ireland didn't, do you know what I mean? Like so, Ireland hanged yeah. back, back line, do you know, kind of. So they were hoping like that the invite the Ireland on so they can create the overlap. Like, can I go into full forward? Yeah, line? but I don't prepare for that. Yeah, but listen, I definitely it's low, it's wide open. Ten points in that game is absolutely nothing, like you know. Um, and I think they have a great chance. And if they can get the ball into the boys, there's definitely goals. You could see that, like Joe McManus, the one he chipped, that was a goal chance. Uh, there was another one that we spilt that was a goal chance and there was definitely three or four goal chances going to come for Ireland next week. Like Just away from Aussie rules, right? Who was your, who's, who's your icon growing up playing with Clare? Uh, uh, Shane, Shane Corn, sure. Had to be. <laughs> Shane Corn. Okay. Uh, Clare player. What about Clare footballer? Uh, uh, no, listen, when I, when, I was, when I was young, um, I went, my first Clare football game that I can remember was the Munster final in '92. Uh, the outfielder brought me to it. He was reporting on it, so into the gate account. I was in the press box. That was box, the famous, like, uh, there, there won't be a cold milk uh, yeah, in the year. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. But we, I was a big Francis McInerney fan. He was my man. Kinda, he was, yeah, Francis. 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 Yeah, Yeah, Francis. 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 He is, he is, he is. He's still living off that. I think he's still wearing the T-shirt that they got that day. He still wears that around for there. So, but we, we, I watched it in the press box. I watched it in the press box, ten years of age. And Martin Daly came on for Clare. And Martin Daly is my club mate. And this is Casey. And sure, the old fellow was delighted now when Daly came on. Absolutely delighted. And then he scored a goal. And that was it. Like sure, Daly was my hero then. And then. You know, I wouldn't tell him that now, and I, I don't think he knows how to work podcasts, so he probably won't be listening to this, but, uh, or ever listen to it. But, <laughs> you know, I never got to play for him with Clare, because he retired in 01 with his back. But we, I got to play, like I made my club debut in 98, and Daly retired from club in 2010. So I would have got to play 12 years with the club with him. So it was, it was, but he would have been, and he would have been everyone's at that age as well, because he, he was just a, a flashy player, like, you know, he was all skill. You know, he wasn't getting stuck into rows or shoulders. He was weight just all skill. He scored that back heel then in what was it against against um, oh, yeah. Tip in the Munster <laughs> semi final in one I think or two thousand actually. That was an amazing score. Yeah, still reckons he was going for goal, but I just think he was trying to enter the tall because he was going to get overturned. So, but it, it, he he was but like people said were saying oh what was he at? Daly was always trying that kind of stuff. Like he was always trying that kind of stuff in club training but like 
He's some of the points he kicked for Lissy Casey and for Clare, but definitely some of the points for Lissy Casey were just phenomenal and you know, some of the best points I've ever seen that only a certain amount of people will see him because obviously at club games you'd only have maybe you know, a couple, 200 people maybe or 300 people at Clare club games, you know, so... I suppose it's just well, unfortunate. Tell him, thing, he, tell him one thing, Joe. He had he, he had the cock dress room in tears in '97. He got the winner. Oh, you know when he did. Remember that in the yeah. uh, uh, what's you call it in Cusick Park, Ennis. He uh, he he got the winner towards the end. By uh, that was one of my few years involved with cock. By we were all crying in the dressing room afterwards. Like oh, that was great. Well, like, that was a great. Uh, thing. And they went out and they and they put it up to carry in the month's final. They lost by I think it was five pints, but or seven pints. But daily kicked five pints. Off Mike Hassett that day, and that was the year Mike Hassett got dropped off the team and didn't get his All Ireland. Do you remember there was a big hole oh, of blue after? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daily kicked five pints from playoff, and he was outstanding the same day. But and listen, that's you know, these, I suppose them players come and go as well, and there's plenty of them in other, every other county as well, I suppose. Yeah, and come in one last thing, right? Don't do a Martin story on it, no, right? You ever heard the story about Martin story retiring, no? Martin no. Story retired with Wexford, right? And the following the following pre-season, like around February, on a Tuesday morning, he was like getting ready to go for work, but he'd, he'd usually, you know, pack his gear, and he was packing his gear that morning. And I said, Martin, what are you doing? You're retired. And he said, oh, Jesus, I am. So don't, don't, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, do that I met Collins, me I met Collins last Monday night. I met Collins last Monday night to tell him, now he kind of knew I knew because I'd been talking to him a good bit, but I drove up to meet him properly. Yeah. So told him story and you know, uh on tor- on Thursday there, yeah, on Thursday or Wednesday or Thursday, I can't remember what day of last week, I got a text on the group text off of of Collins, uh training Friday night at eight o'clock inside and you will be there whatever time. So I text one of the boys to say that someone tell Collins to take me off the text in case I go back. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, listen. I won't. This time of year, this time of year, I won't be missing. I listen. I, I've no doubt. First round of the league next the end of January. Obviously, there'll be a bit of me saying I'd love to be out of there, out there. But that'll pass as well, like you know. And I'll just end up being a sporter, and that'd be grand. As well. and, you know, I've had my fair crack at it, so I won't lose so much sleep or cry too much over it. Just it. You sound like you enjoyed it, Joe. I did, I did, I did. I I enjoyed it even when we were struggling, John. You know, I just yeah. that was the way. But it was definitely easier the last couple of years. And John, you know, with some great days out, with some disappointing days out, with some great nights out as well. You know, I think it's very important. And I think that's that's been lost a small bit as well. Like you know, it's that that's kind of disappeared now. When I first came onto the panel, it was probably the extreme. We were going out after every league game, and we playing again six days later. You know, that's that was obviously the extreme side of things, but. I, you know, I do think it's important. You know, you work hard at your day job Monday to Friday. Some people are shift work; they work nights and they work weekends. Some people have kids, and some people are trying to pay bills and whatever. Then you go training three nights a week and field two in the gym, and you play a national league game on a Sunday. And yeah. I yeah, think fellas, fellas need to unwind. And if you're not playing for two weeks, it was you know there was the last couple of years there. There was you used to get a two week break after game two, and. Uh, we we used to be important now, just a few of us. We always made it important, and the Cullum's blessing as well, just to go for a few beers. I thought it was very important. We weren't playing for two more weeks. We're after putting in a hard pre-season. Like, a few beers is okay. It's the session that leads into six o'clock in the morning in someone's house, swinging off the chandelier with a Irish flag wrapped around you. It's when it's wor- it gets worrying, like, you know. 
tell you, I'll tell you, Joe, the Ballyragut boys know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> or what the, the naked pool, the Roscommon lads, Shane, huh? No, no, yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you didn't do it. Look it up, you weren't involved there, and I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> but but I, just, I just think that that element of the game is not, it, it's important as well, and I just think it's something that shouldn't be, shouldn't vanish or shouldn't be forgotten about. Like, we're not saying going to, to piss for three or four days, I'm saying unwind, no. go up the road, go somewhere quiet, have a couple of beers and be gone home, get, grab a bag of chips and go home by 11 o'clock kind of job, you know? And yeah. I think, John, if I was ever to get involved with a team, whether it's a club or county, I'd really be, John, I'd be strong on that, that it's important and you do it when the time is right to do it. And yes, there's a time not to do it as well, you know, like, and that's that's my own take. And, but I suppose then again, I'm old school in relation to it as well, like, you know, I suppose it came in in a time when it was extreme and it was been done a lot, like. But to be honest, Joe, we have lost all sense of sense of of, of reasoning anyhow. I mean, you know, obviously with social media and all that, you have all, every class of clown that wants to comment on everything. But as you said, they're having a few pints and even an old greasy bag of chips and an old burglar going home is no harm. But you know, now and again, um, I know Sean Ogg is probably more vain than us, but uh, us goalkeepers, we always like to be well padded after the old winter, Sean Ogg, you know. <laughs> um, but no, you need I, to I'm a changed man, no, Shane, man. I'm a changed man, no, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a regular McDonald's in Cork City there. There's no fine. Say, Shane, has you? I beg your pardon? You're the battered sausage as well going home, I'd say, has you? Oh jeez, yeah, and you know that was curly be down over your shirt, and you know that was maybe you know, not old Porter Stein and not stop there with the days, you know. <laughs> but uh, the county manager would be one. We we always had we always had a few pints. We made it our thing with a few pints on the Monday afterwards, and and um, after a league game we'd always meet, but. Uh, and that all that sort of thing is gone now, really. You know? Oh, that 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 that's the hundred percent gone, and yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the Monday Day Club was a good Monday Club was a great club. <laughs> yeah, great stuff. Brilliant having you on the show this week, Joe. One one final question, to you. if you had to invite anyone in the world around for dinner, who would you take 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 home for dinner? Ah, uh, uh, man or woman? Listen, <laughs> I, obviously, I, I wouldn't be interested in any other female, obviously, you know, but. Yeah. It, one fellow I, I always wanted to meet I always wanted to meet him and I hate Man United now by the way I have no, I hate him but I always wanted to meet Roy Keane I always wanted to meet him I just wanted to watch over him do you know what possessed him I loved watching him do you know I would have been pro him now in Saipan to be honest just because of who he was like if it was anyone else I probably would have said they were wrong um, I love I loved 20 minutes of him just I thought he was an absolute animal I thought he was one of the best if he was the best player that ever put on the Irish soccer jersey, the drive, John, you know, I would have loved if he played Ireland for Clare or football for Clare just for a couple of months. Like, but I just, I suppose him, John. You know, I'm, I'm not, I don't care about anyone else really famous or anything like that. But just him to see what drove him all them times and how you know, I read his two books and I just thought, I just thought he was a phenomenal, phenomenal person. Denise will be happy enough for that answer. What, that, what would you? That, call, that, that, that's a safe answer now, Tony. <laughs> what would you uh, I'd be afraid to cook Anton in case he he wouldn't suit him, so I'd up to the Chinese and whatever he wanted now order that. Or I'd, I'd have to pay I'd, I'd pay a top dollar chef, Edward Hayden or Kevin Dundon to come in and cook him cook something. But uh, hey, no, oh, listen. You wouldn't stick the neck of the line. No, 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 I wouldn't. No, no, you. My cooking skills aren't great, Dorn. You know that. No. No. <laughs> You'd burn water when you stop. <laughs> <laughs>